Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. So the title of uh, the talk, the subject of the talk tonight, I'm calling um, Letting Go of Knowing. Loving the Mystery. Last week, uh, I spoke about, I think it was last week or the last time I spoke, was um, about having a bigger perspective on things and how when we really see the bigger picture, we bring a spaciousness to our limited view and start to loosen our grip of either expectations or conclusions or ideas and opinions. Mm -hmm. And tonight I want to go in or go out, I should say, uh, a bit further. And that is besides opening to a bigger perspective, a wider perspective, a spacious perspective that is really the the heart of equanimity, finding a balance in the midst of things. I uh, want to just talk a bit um, and share a very meaningful um, recording for me uh, on this subject of letting go of knowing and uh, opening to the mystery. Last week, the last time I was here when I spoke on that, I that other subject, I, I played Rusty Schweikert's um, revelation of what it was like to be an Apollo astronaut and be out in space looking back on planet Earth and what a transformative experience that was. When you see how really small we are I love the line where he says, you see that everything that means anything to you could just be covered by your thumb. And yet everything on this planet matters so much to us. This mm, infinitesimal speck in the, the vastness of the universe. For me, my early beginnings of my Dharma journey uh, were in astronomy as a, as a little kid. I just was completely uh, taken by astronomy. Some books that I was given and I lived in, grew up in New York City and I used to um, drag my parents to the Hayden Planetarium as often as they let me uh, because, well, we couldn't see the stars very well in New York City anyway, but going to the uh, to that dome and looking up at the, the vastness of it all and just going, wow, wow, and feeling both very small and very 
um, in awe of it all. And this feeling of being in awe, this feeling of a sense of wonder and opening to the vastness of it all um, is tremendously um, compelling and freeing and points to what the Buddha spoke of in a number of different ways where he said, don't think you know it all. Don't think you have the answers. In one discourse that has been meaningful to me, uh, the Paramattaka Sutta, I think I, I quoted from it, he said, let go of attachment to views and opinions so you can really see clearly as best you can your genuine experience. And everything else is speculation and conjecture. The third Zen patriarch, who I quote a lot, my favorite piece of Dharma wisdom, it's called um, Verses on the Faith Mind by Sengstan, also known as the third Zen patriarch of China. He has a couple of lines around this. He says, um, stop talking and thinking and there's nothing you'll not be able to know. I love that line. Stop talking and thinking and there's nothing you'll not be able to know. You ever have that experience when you stop trying to figure something out and the answers just come like a, a bolt out of the sky? Oh, aha. Uh -huh. um, and another line in the Third Zen Patriarch, he says, um, do not search for the truth. Only cease to cherish opinions. Do not search for the truth only cease to cherish opinions. When we let go of thinking that we know the answers, there's a kind of um, infinite possibility, just like in uh, Zen mind, beginner's mind, uh, just one of the most wonderful Dharma books of all. Uh, Suzuki Roshi says, um, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert's mind, there are few. There's something about that humility that lets go of thinking, I know how it is, that is uh, tremendously freeing and connecting and, and cuts through this sense of selfing. Oh yes, I know how it is. And the Buddha highly recommended to um, let go of your views and opinions. It's the second aspect of the uh, second noble truth. The second noble truth is uh, 
the cause of suffering is attachment. And there are four different attachments. There's attachment to sense experience, attachment to rites and rituals, your meditation, your religion, your spiritual uh, paradigm, attachment to the concept of self, and attachment to views and opinions that they cloud our seeing directly into experience. <clears throat> and in many different traditions, there is this uh, this quality of, of surrender and seeing how little we know. In a good way, uh, Jesus saying, unless you become like children, you will not know the kingdom of heaven. Unless you become converted like children, you will not know the kingdom of heaven. So really to reconnect with that deep innocence, that sense of wonder that we come into the world with, that I would drag my parents to the Hayden Planetarium and say, wow, um, there's, there's something tremendously freeing in that. But we like to know. And sometimes, not only do we like to know, we need to know as some kind of illusion of security or control. Oh, if I know what's happening, I can, I can deal with it better. And certainly that's true to some extent. There's a value in planning for climate disaster, for instance, or in, um, uh, in developing some kind of, a, of skills that you are prepared. But as far as knowing what's going to happen, you don't know. One great Zen master, um, Sung Sung, when he was a monk, he was called Sung Sanim, a great Korean master. And his main teaching, or one of his main teachings was, don't know mind. And I, I had the privilege of, of seeing him and being around him um, a number of times many, many years ago. And he would, he would say in this um, endearing um, Korean accent, uh, he didn't know a whole lot of English, but what he knew was powerful. And he'd say, uh, where did you come from? Don't know. What, what's, what's it all about? Don't know. What's going to happen? Don't know. And he would say, only keep don't know mind. That was his main teaching. Just keep don't know mind. Don't know. I can still hear him saying it now. The same point of letting go of your cerebral thinking mind that limits possibilities. Because as soon as you think you know what's going to happen, then you're narrowing it down to one small 
um, view of the future. And that's the beauty of life. We don't know. You know, I do, I'm interested in this climate work as, as I just said a little bit earlier. And if I know that we're all doomed and if I know in my mind, think I know, oh, it's all over, game over, what's the point, throw in the towel. There's no energy, there's no inspiration to want to even do anything for a healthier planet. There's many possibilities and many dire, uh, uh, possible scenarios, but I'm going to do what I can to help reduce the suffering and reduce the dukkha and help wake, have us all wake up as soon as, as much as we can, as soon as we can, because the sooner we wake up, the less the less dukkha. I was at a a, a climate uh, conference um, at a um, at a conference this week, and one of the one of the subjects was climate. And this one climate expert said, in an answer to a, a question, you know, well, why why do you even try? What what you know? We're 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 in trouble. Somebody somebody said, why are you working tirelessly uh, for the climate? for waking people up to the climate. It's, it seems like it's game over. And she said, well, you know, there's definitely going to be suffering happening. We are past the point where, where it, it's all going to work out fine. But if you were an, uh, if you had um, a condition where you knew that your say you had gangrene and there was some rotting on your oh god oh wait a second somebody's got their uh please mute yourself um if you knew that that you're going to um suffer some uh some real major problems and there was going to be an amputation that was going to be needed and there's a difference between having your toe amputated or your leg amputated. Why not go for your toe or your foot rather than your whole leg? So it's like that. And she said, we don't know. And all we can do is the best we can do as Thomas Merton says, you know, the, an activist gets used to the idea that um, you're not just doing it for results, but you're doing, doing it for the rightness of it. So this is particularly important when it comes to things like the future or climate. One of the the underlying principles of the Buddha's teachings is impermanence. And sometimes people think of impermanence just as loss. Oh, I've got to let go of this and I've got to let go of that. 
and I've got to let go of my loved ones and I'm going to, that's one part of impermanence. But the other side of impermanence is that there is infinite creativity in this life. And so we don't know what's going to happen, but there is a continual evolving that life is continually surprising us. Do you wake up during the day in the morning and saying, oh, I know what this week is going to be like? Maybe you do. But how much of the time does it turn out just the way that you planned? If you knew how it was going to be, what would be the, the point or the adventure or the surprise in living your life? But that's not how life works. There's an infinite possibility that's in store. Every moment, there's a new reality that's being created. Isn't that amazing? This is what Albert Einstein says, if I can pull it up here. He says, this is Einstein, one of the most intelligent humans that we know of, who was delving into the secrets of the universe. And he says, the most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious. It is the source of all true art and all science. One to whom this emotion is a stranger who can no longer pause to wonder and stand wrapped in awe is as good as dead. Their eyes are closed. Read that once again. The most beautiful thing we can experience is the mysterious. It is the source of all true art and all science. One to whom this emotion is a stranger who can no longer pause to wonder and stand wrapped in awe is as good as dead. Their eyes are closed. This is what inspired him to explore the mysteries of the universe to have that kind of childlike wonder and awe that made him curious and want to know and conjecture and speculate. And once we think we know something, then it also cuts off all possibilities of coming up with new solutions. As another famous Einstein quote, that we can't solve a problem from the same level of consciousness that we are caught in. We have to take a leap and see, oh, is there another way of looking at this? So this is a, 
a very important way to live our life that makes it come alive. Besides the Buddhist tradition, as I've sometimes shared, um, I was has been, have been very moved by the bhakti tradition, the devotional tradition, which is particularly um, represented by the Hindu uh, perspective. And there's devotion, of course, in Christianity and in Judaism and in Islam. But for me, that bhakti path of devotion um, was, it brought me back to my childlike days of being in the Hayden Planetarium and saying, wow, and uh, a sense of um, awe and surrender to something so much greater than my small mind could comprehend. And there's something beautiful about the devotional path where you are, mm, you are specifically letting go of thinking that you're running the show or that you know how it all is and surrendering to something much greater. And this is, the same surrender probably that Christians have to Jesus or to, or to God and, and, and Jews have to God or to the Ein Sof. Uh, actually, in Judaism, the word God, as I understand it, and I, I was raised Jewish, the word God for, for, um, uh, for deep, uh, religious um, Jews is usually not spelled out. It's either G-D or you you have a, a substitute name for for God in Hebrew because it is so sacred. And the word God is a placeholder for that which cannot be named that which cannot be named, that is beyond our comprehension. And here we are, human beings, just trying to make sense of this universe, trying to navigate it in a way, sometimes thinking that we can control, but somehow uh, trying to um, in our limited mind, um, grasp the ungraspable. When we have this limited mind that's trying to understand the incomprehensible, and there might be a kind of frustration for some when they can't get the answer, you know, do you remember when you were a kid in, uh, in, in school and in the math books, the answer was in the back of the book in the, in the textbooks that I had? Oh, yeah, it's back there, page 325. Oh, there's the answer. You know. 
for people who want the answer and get frustrated when they don't have the answer. There's a, a great sense of disturbance and insecurity. But for those who let go of knowing and can surrender with joy to the not knowing, who can let ourselves be surprised so that life is a continual surprise and adventure instead of an obstacle course filled with danger. Wow. There's a sense of freedom and aliveness. My son, Adam, who's now, he's now sitting a, a six week retreat in, uh, in, in France with some heavy duty Tibetan yogis and he's become one himself, he used to have this mantra, let go, let's go. Where this sense of letting go would give way to, ah, okay, we're on the adventure. What a beautiful way to live your life instead of, uh-oh, what's gonna happen next? I don't know, ah, it's a move from, from fear to the fearless. It does take some trust in the universe, as Einstein also said, another line I'm just remembering now. He said, perhaps the most important question a human being can ask themselves is, is the universe friendly or not? That makes a huge difference in our ability to let go of knowing and let go of having the answers and being comfortable with our, mm, what Alan Watts called the wisdom of insecurity. The wisdom of insecurity, because we don't really know. And so to surrender to it, ah, there's something so beautiful in that. Let me see if there's anything else that I wanted to say before. Yeah. So this letting go of knowing and surrendering is really in some ways a, a preparation for our ultimate letting go, our moment of death. We will all meet this moment. How will you meet it? I spoke about death a few, a few sessions ago. There's something so freeing about having a sense that it's okay, that that's part of this package too, that it's not a mistake and that we can let go gracefully into the mystery. And the Buddha says, as I mentioned in that other talk, to contemplate this every day, that we will become sick, we will, we will uh, become old if we're fortunate enough to live that long, we will die. Everything and everyone near and dear to us 
we will be separated from. He says, think about this every day. Think about it not to bring up fear, but to just relax in the truth of things. And so you can let go of future tripping. Uh-oh, what if that happens? It will happen sooner or later. And just see how precious it is to be here in this moment, not to spend our life worrying about the next or worrying about that one ahead, but to just learn to relax and appreciate the aliveness in this moment and knowing that when that moment comes, this is part of life as well. This is the the deep letting go of knowing and opening to the mystery of it all. So before I play this um, favorite Dharma talk of mine, I just want to invite us to um, go inside and to reflect um, a little bit. If you like, you can close your eyes. Remember being a child for whom all things were new. Remember the continual surprise and the innocence that came with not needing to figure anything out, being in a continual learning mode. How beautiful and pure that perspective that you've had And see if you can, for a few moments, let that child out again. He or she or they are right here. And realize with delight, if possible, how little we all really know. What's going to happen next, tomorrow? These next months, these years, if we're fortunate to have them. What if you just let go of needing to know? What if you could just see how precious this moment of our lives are and just honor it with our attention right now instead of toppling into the future? Or 
What if you could put down the burden of needing to have it figured out? Of course, there's planning and and wise uh, understanding and, and all of that. But as far as what actually happens, what if you just tried on letting go of knowing and trusting that your awareness can meet that moment when it comes? This is the real surrender. Just this moment. No need to figure anything out about the future. For now. Feel the aliveness. And if there's any nervousness or anxiety, let that be there too. You don't have to figure it out. You can honor it. But you don't know what's going to happen. Ah, how freeing. And what if instead you can open to the mystery of it all? It's such a beautiful word. the mystery, the adventure, the surrender. The wonder. The awe. the aliveness. And imagine what it would be like if you could more and more access this perspective especially when the figuring out mind wants to come in. Don't know. Don't know. Ah. And now I'm going to play my favorite Dharma talk of all, 
It's three minutes and 42 seconds. You can hang in there for that. I played this hundreds and hundreds, thousands probably of times. This became my practice when I first heard it, oh, 35 years or so ago. Uh, I played it about uh, five or six times a day for about six months to just really get it in my DNA. So here it is. Ready? Listen. I'm going to turn up the volume just to make sure you get it. I have to play it through my phone. Okay. I invite you to get into a meditative space. I hope 
hope you will remember to feel the mystery every day as long as you are awake forever. The best thing to tell anybody is to remember to feel this. I have been doing this for a long time, and it is the best and most important feeling of all. I am very happy I could tell you this. Maybe someday we will meet face to face. Maybe. Anyway, at least you and I will always know that at least one other person somewhere is remembering and feeling and loving the mystery right now. So there's the mystery, and you're going to, I'm sure, say, who was that? How do I get that? It's a mystery. Just leave it there. So any, um, if you have any reflections, observations, or uh, any comments, questions, can take some time before we go. You can just either unmute yourself or raise your hand. Yes, Michelle. Hi. Hi. I just want to say that it was really beautiful and I felt everything you said really deeply. And I just want to thank you because it was, it was really beautiful. Mm. Oh, I'm so, glad. Yeah. Well, that's all. <laughs> thank you. I'm so glad. Yeah. And if it touches you, it's like there's something in you that resonates with all of that. So I'm just reminding you of something that's deep inside of you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, Michelle, you're so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I could say something. Yes. Hi, James. I'm sorry I couldn't be on camera during your talk, but I was listening. <laughs> uh, hi, Wendy. Hi. Uh, you know, I was thinking um, about why I think many of us uh, feel uncomfortable with the I don't know and, you know, mm-hmm. not knowing mm-hmm. and how children are kind of more open to that. And something about becoming an adult, we we learn to focus on all the bad things that can happen instead of the wonder and the mystery and the you know good things that can happen but so that's kind of why I, I was thinking about like why do we just focus on oh what terrible thing could happen now <laughs> you know <laughs> and then the only answer I came up with was like oh we forget that the other side of that is like something good could happen and I have this card to remind myself it says always believe something wonderful is about to happen 
Mm -hmm. Which, you know, is a stretch, but that's kind of the point is like, you know, it could. <laughs> and uh, yeah, if you, if you let go of thinking, you know, that, that it's going to be <laughs> danger around the corner, you know, that that's, that's what the real surrender is about letting go of knowing or letting go of thinking that you're, that you know, what's going to happen. You know, unless you become like children, you won't know the kingdom of heaven. But we get so acculturated and also experiences contract us. And so we we learn a contracted protective response. Uh, that's where it's so powerful to keep looking for the good because it's uh, we tend to, to our amygdala is firing and looking out for danger. And it takes practice to see there's there's just as much good as as bad in in life. That's why the Buddha said, oh, pleasant, unpleasant, pleasant, unpleasant. Just notice it. Appreciate the pleasant without grasping, opening to the difficult without without uh, aversion and learning what you can. Yeah. Becoming like a child again. That's what it's about. Thank you. Anyone else? Oh, it's just about time to go. Maybe you have time for one, one more, if there is. All right, once. Going twice. Okay, so then just, I want to encourage us before we we sign off, you know, when you hear a talk, if something strikes a chord, make it more than um, a little bit of entertainment. Let it um, touch something in you that helps you see things with fresh eyes. And that means um, taking on as a practice whatever the topic has been that has touched you. And so this week, I would really encourage you to take on the practice of whether you call it wonder and awe, opening to the mystery, letting go of knowing, you know, do not search for the truth, only cease to cherish opinions. Whatever, if something struck a chord in you, when you see yourself toppling into the future, either with trepidation or expectation or whatever the response, don't know. And feel the, the freedom in that. It's all about practice, and you can practice this attitude as well. I know because I'm somebody who, when I was growing up, was very insecure and was sure that things wouldn't work out and, um, you know, had to, had to know the answer. 
I'm here to tell you it's possible to practice a new way. So play around this week with letting go of thinking you know how things are going to be. And when you wake up in the morning, let it be a surprise. Let this day be a surprise that you greet with delight and appreciation. It will come so much more alive for you. And with that, I can dedicate our time here together. Being so fortunate to spend a Thursday night wanting to practice and open our hearts, our minds a bit more in the company of like-minded friendship. How fortunate we are and sharing any benefit, any good that comes from our being here together, may it be shared for the benefit of all beings everywhere and this planet that we all call home. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.